today. Our beautiful Jennifer is here today. I didn't think she would be, but I'm so glad that she is. And I'm so glad her husband's getting better. So lots of prayers gone out for her and we're so happy that she's here. So she was gonna be teaching this week. <laughs> and um, I just uh, have been thinking a lot about this year, 2024 and how we can all just have happier hearts and, find, and, and uh, be content. So my teaching is on secrets of cultivating contentment in our lives. And I think that it's really great to start the year out thinking about contentment. It's a very beautiful word. Um, it seems like it's easy to do, you know, be content um, with all things. but. If you really think about it, it's not easy to be content when your husband ends up going into the hospital, you know, an unexpected thing. Uh, it's very difficult, but how you live your life on a day-to-day -day basis and trusting God is where the contentment will come in when these hard times come. It's a very wise to be content to be content is a very wise thing to do um, uh, because it's thanking God for everything that you have and everything that comes your way. Um, the words of this song that we just sang were just uh, pretty, just pretty much right on key to what I'm teaching. Just really wonderful. First of all, we'll, we'll uh, start out with the definition of contentment. It's very simple. It's a state of happiness and satisfaction. I tried to get more of a definition, but that's what it is. It's um, being content, being happy with, happy and um, satisfied with your life. Um, it's not the kind of happiness that is an emotion. It's not an excited happiness uh, or a reaction because happiness does mean an, an, an emotion or a reaction, and that's determined on your circumstances. And that's a short term. Happiness is a short term because if things are going well, you're gonna be happy, but if things aren't, you're gonna be unhappy. Um, contentment is an attitude and a state of mind. It's a calmness um, and it's long lasting. I think of it like it's kind of like joy. <laughs> Joy is uh, a, a state of mind of choosing to choose joy. You're choosing to be content with what the Lord has given you. And I love the biblical um, definition of contentment. Contentment is an inner trust in God's sovereignty and goodness that produces the fruit of joy and peace and thanksgiving in the life of a believer, regardless of outward circumstances. That one yeah, yes, I know I didn't write it down for you guys. Biblical contentment is an inward trust. Oh, okay. Inward trusting. You did? Oh, okay, yes, I, it is here. <laughs> My notes are a little different than yours. I think of it as knowing who we are in Christ. When we know who we are in Christ, we realize that nothing comes to us that's that hasn't been filtered through Christ, and he's giving us everything that we need 
Now that is if we are in Christ. Uh, if we are in Christ, um, God, <clears throat> if we aren't in Christ, this will not be. You will not be content. You won't be happy. You won't be holy. Um, but in Christ, you can do all things. I love what Jesus says about contentment. And even this song was straight um, from um, Matthew 6. So I was, when I was um, going through this um, uh, teaching, I thought I can't just say the Bible verses that I put on your paper. I have to say way more. So I'm going to read to I'm going to read Matthew 6, and you guys can go to this, Matthew 6, 25, but I'm going to go, I'm going to wear my glasses because for some reason my eyes see sometimes and sometimes they don't. Um, 25 through 33. So for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air <laughs> that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? And who of you, by being worried about, wor being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field, of the field grow. They do not toil, no, they do not spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I love that seek first his kingdom. I always, when I'm writing um, someone's writing uh, like to a person that's getting married, I always say, seek first his kingdom, keep him first, and your marriage will be great. And I think of the birds. Um, I was listening to a pastor one time, and he was taught, he was really having a hard time financially. He was uh, just married. He had, well, not just married. He had a couple of kids. He was a young married couple, and he had just lost his job. And he was... So sad. He went to a coffee shop and he got a he got a sandwich. And he thought about he had to go home and tell his wife that he had lost his job. And he they had just had a new baby. So they had like a two-year-old and a and a baby. And he was very, very sad. And he gets this sandwich and he's sitting outside and he sees this bird on the ground. And the bird is like looking up at him, like begging for a piece of his sandwich. So he gives the bird a little bit and the bird comes back and gives him more and keeps this just keeps going on. And he realizes that he was the bird and that he's looking to the father and that the father is going to take care of him. And it was just so beautiful. I, I was crying as I listened, you know, listened to him talk. 
and now he's a great preacher, and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but anyway, <laughs> he's a great preacher. Everything's going well. Um, so what are the secrets of cultivating contentment in our lives? What are they? Well, first of all, we need to submit our lives to Christ, and we need to lay down our plans and dreams and ask God what he wants for us. And I love this Romans 12. Um, and so I need to read Romans 12, 1 and 2, and you'll see why. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable in God to God, which is your spiritual service, service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove that the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think, did you guys ever think about uh, presenting your bodies for worship, sacrifice, and that's a thing of worship? I really, as I was studying this, I thought, that's a that's worship when I sacrifice my body because it's really your body is made from God. So it's just beautiful. And this is a promise um, that he gives to us uh, that when we're, he gives us blessings when we honor him and when we honor him with our bodies, meaning, you know, teaching and giving of yourselves, uh, being a, a wonderful wife, being, you know, what Titus 2, 3 through 5 says, loving your husband, loving your children. We can put that all together. I love Psalm 119, and that's our um, our major um, work in Psalm 119. So I'm going to be teaching a lot in Psalm 119 also. Um, Psalm 119.57 says, the Lord is our portion. I promise to keep your words. And we need to be content with the portion that God gives us. Um, sometimes, like I said, our portion is going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. Uh, but God gives us everything that we need. Every single support, every single person's portion is different. And it's all for God's glory. And it's all for our good. Psalm 23, 6, which Psalm 23, all of Psalm 23, I absolutely love, but I absolutely love Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and kindness shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I, I really say this pretty much every day, pretty consistently. Surely goodness and kindness are going to follow me all the days, and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And this, this helps me keep things in perspective. You know, um, the day-to-day -day things of life are, are pretty tough. But you know, if you really think about it, most of your life is really, you are blessed and you have so much good your way. You know, if you really think about it, I would say 98% of our lives are so good and we take it for granted. I mean, <laughs> the sun sets and the sun rises and our families and our husbands and you know just we need to really count our blessings we really do and of course 
we go to Philippians 4. Um, Philippians 4. <clears throat> this is one of the big keys to cultivating uh, contentment, and that is Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to men, God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guide your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I have to go to, to eight also. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good reproof, if there is any excellent and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. This verse, um, I have been uh, just really blessed with with the transformation of the way I think. I, um, if I have go down that rabbit trail of thinking these very negative thoughts or very hard thoughts, even grief, I say, is this really true? You know, is this really true what I'm thinking? Is this honorable and praiseworthy what I'm thinking? So it really kind of, it transforms the way you think. Um, and that's what we need to do to transform your mind to be, to have a content, peaceful mind. And also I think of this is a divine exchange. You're thinking divinely rather than worldly. So you exchange your worldly thoughts into divine thoughts. And this verse really puts it to the T with what you're, get your thinking way better. Well, the next thing that, the next secret and key to cultivating contentment is prayer. And what a, what a privilege it is that we're able to pray and that we're able to go to God with everything. It's secret communication with the God of the universe that we have access to. It's just wonderful. It's just between you and God too. It's so divine and so lovely and so holy. And you can just give him everything. Um, I love Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need that we can go to the God of the universe, the throne of grace. So beautiful. And that's a divine promise that being able to go to the throne of grace and be able to pray for just intimacy with God, that only he knows our hearts and our minds and our hurts that a human doesn't know. You know, he knows the depths he made us. Uh, and he knows the depths of your husband and your children. And he's working it, he's gonna work it all out. It can look like it's disastrous. You know, things aren't going well, but he is, he works everything out for the good for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we got to keep that in mind, you know, when things aren't going well, that he's still for us. He's not against us. And we kind of go to that. Oh God, you're not here. You're not here for us. You know, um, where are you, you know, during this time? But he's always there, always there. I love this. Praying is the best way to vent and pour out our hearts to God. 
we can just go to his feet. I always think of going to Jesus' feet and just laying just down to the ground to him and just crying out and telling him all your hurts and all your pains. That, you know, really our husbands aren't for that. You know, you can confide in him in certain ways, but you can't, he's not going to be able to help you like God can, you know. I think when we get married, we think that that that's the case. You know, oh, I can tell my husband everything and, you know, all my hurts and pains and he's going to be able to save me. Well, that's not true, you know. That's kind of like the Cinderella story, you know. <laughs> you know, it's not always going to be like that. Um, go to God for those things. Uh, I, I remember Ruth Ram said something about how you cry out to God and you give him and you pour everything to him. And then you give everyone else what he's given you. I just love that. You know, give everyone else grace and kindness and goodness. And you don't have to, you know, show everyone your hurts and pains. That goes to God. And he's the one that can change you. He's the only one that can change your heart and change your mind change your soul and give you the contentment and peace that you need and praying leads to being calm and peaceful and having a, a calm a, a, my brain's not working right sometimes a content mind and heart and life praying just changes everything about you um we think that praying is going to change others um he, it does change the circumstance because it's actually changing us. And because we're being changed and we're becoming more like Jesus into his image, then the circumstances do change. I have seen this over and over again when I'll be praying for something that that person doesn't even know I'm praying. I mean, that's one thing that's really lovely about praying too. You can pray for, well, we're supposed to pray for our enemies. And just keep praying for them. And it's amazing things happen that you never would expect, you know, that something they're, they're doing well, and they might even become your friend and they don't know, but you actually were praying for that. It's really a beautiful thing. It also leads to being um, grateful and thankful for all things, you know, um, it's easy again to be thankful for the good things. But it's really hard to be grateful for things that happen that we don't foresee, but but then we're thankful because of what it does in us. And it, it changes us, like I said, into God's image. Let's go back to Psalm 119. I love these these um Verses because I think they lead to contentment. So that's why I chose these. And I love Psalm 119 in every way. It says, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing and your ordinances at all times. You rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wander from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statues. 
Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselor. Your testimonies are my delight and they are my counselor. So this book here, the Bible, is it can counsel you in any way that you need. I mean, that doesn't say that you don't go to an earthly counselor. You know, you find someone that you can um, confide in that is very godly and wise. But really, your ultimate counselor is God. <clears throat> and I love that your testimonies are, are also are my delight. My delight. I meant to look up delight in the dictionary. Maybe someone can do that because it's so wonderful what it means. Someone can look that up for me and tell me. <laughs> so I meant to do that before my teaching. Um, also, Psalm 119, 169 through 176. And I believe delights in here too. This is a cry, this is a prayer for help. And I love it when um, David talks about going to the Lord. Uh, and crying to God, because David was a, a man after God's own heart, but he also was a very sinful man, you know, he, he sinned a lot, and um, we all sin, and, but he came to God, and God said he was a man after his own heart, I just love that, we want to be women after God's heart, let my cry come before you, O Lord, give me understanding according to your word, let my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your word. Let my lips utter praise. For you teach me your statutes. Let my tongue sing of your word. For all your commandments are righteous, are righteousness. Let your hand be ready to help me. For I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. Let my soul live that it may praise you and let your ordinances help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. I love where he talks about um, in 171, let my lips utter praise for you teach me your statutes and let my tongue sing of your word for all your commandments are, are righteousness. So good. It just really helps us to remember that with our lips, God has given us lips and we need to praise. We need to praise God. We need to uplift each other. We need to edify each other. Uh, we don't need to tear each other down. Uh, I, I see that a lot. Um, and it really shows yourself. If you're tearing someone down, that really shows that you don't have um, the Lord's goodness inside of you. I mean, I know this can happen even if you're a Christian, but he did give us lips to edify and to praise him. And I love the singing, let your tongue sing of your word for all your commandments are righteousness. And I think of singing, I think of my daughter, Janelle, her beautiful voice. And I think of also the birds, how they sing. And they just, they don't have a worry. You know, we're, we're supposed to be like the birds and the lilies. We're, we're way, way, way more to God. We, meet, we mean way more to God than the birds and the lilies. But the, the lilies and the birds, they just honor God. 
you know, they don't worry about a thing. And I know the Lord has given us uh, a brain and we're able to choose and, and uh, um, glorify him. But I just recommend that you use your mouth and your tongue in a really godly way. Try not to let it go in the negative and tearing down and talking bad or gossiping. Um, that's a big one that we can get into when we don't realize we're into it. We'll be talking about something and it's not, not honorable to God. Psalm 119, 143 and 144. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight again. <laughs> your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I might live. And pretty much what these verses really draw you to is his word is our delight. His word is our life. His word is our happiness. His word is our contentment. It's him because he is the word. Jesus, it says um, that the word became flesh and that's Jesus. So the word is God. And the last thing of being content would be that we realize that we are very special in God's eyes. We are so special in God's eyes. Um, God made only one you, one personality, the personality that you have, the body that you have, the eyes that you have. He's the one that made it. And if you, he's the one that made it, we need to honor that. And that's, that would be another form of worship, uh, presenting your, your body as a living sacrifice. There's only one you. And I wish I could get to people that are very sad and you want to end their lives. I wish I could talk to them because how important they are. I don't know where that came from, but anyway. Being content is not comparing yourself to others. Don't compare. Don't compare your husband to someone that you have high esteem for. Your husband we need to have high esteem for. God gave your husband to you. God gave your children to you. Don't compare your children to other children. Don't be jealous of someone that you feel that might have a better life than you. Um, just don't, because it's it's not honoring to God at all. You know, you think it's, it just shows a weakness in you. You need to be content with all things. Um, I think the biggest uh, contentment chapter is in the Bible is Psalm 139, 13 through 18. And you all know this, but I, I read it again and it just, it sunk into me a little bit more. So for you, for, for God, for my inner parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts for me, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I wake, I am still with you. Mm. So many things in that I could have just taught just on that. 
Psalm 139. <laughs> um, I always think that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we were made in our mom's womb. It was so cute. I was at a Bible study, and um, my mom was with me in this Bible study. I don't know if Jackie was there at the, the time, but anyway, um, uh, <clears throat> she was talking about that we were fearfully and wonderfully made, and she was also talking about my son, Michael Ryan, that has Down syndrome and how important he is on this earth and that he was fearfully and wonderfully made and my mom's sitting right next to me so it's a women's bible study so michael ryan wasn't there and my mom just she goes yes she was fearfully and wonderfully made in here <laughs> <laughs> and to tell you the truth um that was the last bible study that she was at and then she'd go be with the lord it's so special. Were you there, Jackie? You were. Yeah, it was so special. I can't tell you. Wasn't it special? Yeah. It was so special. She was just so proud. I don't, I probably said the words wrong, but it was just her little personality so witty and stuff. Um, but I also think when we go to the beach, um, that the thoughts that God has for us outnumber the sand, the grains of sand. I mean, you put a, a, a sand in your hand and you, you wouldn't be able to count those. And that's how much God thinks of us. You know, it, really, when you put that into perspective, it's pretty, it's amazing and overwhelming and it's just so wonderful. It's so wonderful for words. It's so wonderful that you can't think how you could worry about anything. Like, how, how do I worry about anything? If God is thinking about me that much and he thinks that highly of me, you know, so we got to remember that we're very unique and that we're one of a kind and that we're the only one on earth that is us. And don't forget that. And God has that same thing with your husband. He's the only one on earth that is like him. And try to remember as you're married for years and years and years, try to remember who you did fall in love with. Try to remember their good points and, and, and keep edifying them and raising them up, their good points. Because we all know our bad points. We all have bad points, you know? And what, what good is it to uh, magnify a bad point, you know? Let's magnify the good and maybe some of those bads will come up, you know? <laughs> I think that's what happens. Um, I have this little devotional book that uh, I was looking at, and it's on contentment. <clears throat> and there's a few things here that I thought were really neat. One of them is, uh, is devotional thought on contentment. For most of life, I think we fight God. We keep trying to show him what we were made for. We keep giving him better ideas. So we keep working for something bigger and greater than anything he seems to have in mind. For many of us, by the time we are in midlife, we feel we somehow have missed out on some of the great things we were born for. We fight with God over these things. I come to you, however, knowing God made me not to impress you, not to be perfect or, or a genius, not to make a million dollars, 
God made me to be uncomplicated in my faith, to watch children and kites, sunsets and rainbows, and enjoy them, to take your hand regardless of who you are and how you look, to listen to you, to accept you where you are, to love you unconditionally. God made me to be real, to be honest, to be open, to never compare myself to you, but to strive to become my own best person. I love that. And then I love Philippians 4, 11 through 13, which is Apostle Paul was in jail when he said this. And I think it's so wonderful that we have Apostle Paul. Um, and we're, we're talking about him right now, <laughs> 2024. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstance. I know what is, it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in at any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. That's Philippians 4, 11 through 13. 1 Timothy 6, 6, 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Well, and then the Lord, of course. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. I love this one too. This is so good for the world today. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. I think of um, my life as I've lived my life. Um, I have seen so many people that have had no money at all, that have been so content. It's so beautiful to see. They, they have a simple house, and but they keep it very clean, and they're just grateful people. They have a good attitude, and they're Christian. Um, and I have, I've seen people that have had a lot of money that have been the same, that you would not know they had a lot of money. I think it's so cool. You know, they have a lot of money. They are in need of, of, of anything, but they give so much and they have such great attitudes. They love the Lord and they know that the Lord is what, why they have what they have. But I also have seen many people that have had, have so much money. They have so much money that they could live lifetimes after lifetimes and they're so unhappy, not content in any way. It's like this, this love that, oh, I can't have enough. I can't have enough. Well, Jesus is all we need. And he gives us all, all, he gives us everything that we need for to live a godly life. So those are the secrets that I came up with cultivating contentment. So we'll go into prayer. <laughs> Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this day. And thank you so much for this teaching. And thank you that you are who you say you are. And you are what make us content, Lord. Help us to realize that you give us our portion. You give us everything that we need in life to live this life. You've give, given us your word. You've given us Psalm 119. <clears throat> and Lord, I thank you that you are who you say you are, and yet that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you are with us through every circumstance. And 
I thank you that we can come to your throne and that we can come to your feet every single day, every single minute. <clears throat> and Lord, I thank you that uh, Jennifer's with us today and that her husband is better. And Lord, help keep us all healthy and um, just heal us, Lord, and heal our minds and heal our souls and our hearts and help us to be very happy with what you've given us and not take anything for granted to just love you and stay with you and thank you uh, keep us all safe until next week help us have a great week thank you in jesus name amen